This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10OFF, T-E-N-O-F-F, for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. Welcome back to Everything Went Black. This is a Unholy Passion Survival Songs episode. Another installment in the ever-evolving Unholy Passion uh, sub-series that Ralph and I are doing. So how's it going, Ralph? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having me. Uh, hello, everybody out there. Yes, we're coming at you with another idea. <laughs> we have too many ideas for shit and... If you think it looks like we just like throw shit at the wall and see what sticks, that's not the idea. It's just we have a, a lot of stuff we think is worthwhile talking about. And uh, yeah, so far our ideas with the metaphysics off and the icon series, we got positive feedback, don't you think? I, I would venture to say that these are probably some of the more uh, relatable episodes uh, that we've been doing. And um, also you, it gives us more excuses to talk, you know, in per, you know, more or less in person, quote unquote. And I, that's always yes. a good thing, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it's always cool to catch up and like talk music. And I mean, we try to expand the horizon of like going away from music now and then, but, um, I mean, yeah, we, we've been through rough patches in the recent months. And so this idea came up because we always like you and I, and I'm sure a lot of you out there, we always, uh, yeah, you go back to music as like the survival kit that you have. Like we all have strategies to dealing with issues that we have. But I think like the common, like the, the, the red linen, like the common thread between all of us is like that music saved our lives at certain points, don't you think? Absolutely. Music has been the glue that has held my life together, honestly. I mean, I know there's, I have other passions, you know, but really... Before I discovered those passions, even as a young person at a young age, music was always my solace to help me get through times of difficulty. And, um, you know, music and, and, and reading, you know, stuff like comic books and reading fiction yeah. and stuff like that. But really, on a very visceral, physical level, the act of listening to music, it, it, it affects your body and mind in just like yeah. a very intangible way. And that's always been the glue that's sort of hold, held my life together. Yeah, it's 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 funny that you mentioned like going to comic books and, and there's like one one uh, one topic like within the episode that we're going to talk about that I wanna mention, bring this up too, because I think it has a lot to do with, uh, with nostalgia and like the music that we choose. And also like going back to a certain feeling that we had in that time, so 
like reading comic books gives me a certain feeling of like a throwback to easier times. And uh, yeah, but we'll come to this later. I think we have to give like some plugs to some friends of ours, right? Of course, the uh, the brethren out there. We're part of a, a gang of podcasts called The Horsemen of the Podcasting Apocalypse. And of course, this whole enterprise starts on Monday with Brandon Legion's Horror Wolf 666, which brings you interviews with filmmakers, artists, sometimes me and you, other other horsemen yeah. appear on that show. And uh, anything related to horror and film, and that's uh, that is brought to you on Mondays by Brandon. On Tuesday is the King of All Metal Podcast, and that's Into the Necrosphere, and uh, with Jackie Smith. And that is really the only music-related podcast I regularly listen to. You know, I'll occasionally check out the Heavy Hole podcast, like it's in my stream, but I wait for Tuesdays, man, and I look forward to every episode of Jackie's show. Wednesday is Everything Went Black, which you're listening to. Thursday is Necro Thursday, a return with Mike Scandato and Jeff Kashid, and we, I, I, I hesitate to even call them reviews. We talk shit for <laughs> 60 plus <laughs> minutes about horror movies you know <laughs> and uh <laughs> and, and that's a lot of it's like probably the most one of the f- more fun moments of the weekend for me because it is very irreverent we're very very rarely serious about anything and it's just um it's not as heavy emotionally as everything went black can be sometimes you know yeah, yeah. friday is break friday is break the apocalypse with john draper curiously mike skindado's brother and sunday did you Wait, wait, wait! Did 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 you ever like uh, find a solution to why they have different names? Like because like Jeff and you, you always talked about it, but it was never solved. I think it has to remain a mystery, actually. (laughs) Okay, makes makes it more intriguing. Makes it more intriguing. Yeah. Saturday is uh, a day off for everyone. Go out, enjoy the the world in like a real way, not just online. And Sunday, the Mighty Soul Knox podcast drops by with Carl Hikara. And once again, you might catch us on there too at some point. When for for Mike, uh, like I, I prepared something for the Dark Lord as well. So on Sunday, you will hear Carl Icara, the Dark Lord. That's good. I like that one, man. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to talk about the Patreon real quick. Uh, in, in addition to listening to the show and sharing it with your friends and supporting us that way, you can also provide funding in the amounts of $1 a month, if you so choose. And that just gives you access to all the bonus content we have, which is whole shows that Ralph and I and Evan do. And there's other things that are going on, such as Long Shadows, a weird fiction uh, show that we do. Um, Hollywood Babylon, which I do with Evan, which is about, you know, not just horror films, but any kind of classic movie. And then other miscellaneous stuff, like free access and early access to material I'm working on. For $5 a month, you get early access to the regular stream. And then if you want to become a sponsor for $25 a month, you can promote your own show, a business, a band, a project, anything. You get one monthly read, similar to what I do for Portland Distro. And you can do that for as long as you want or for as short of a time as you want. This week, I'd like to welcome Cam and Brian to the Patreon, brethren. 
And a Cam is a personal friend of mine, man. He's uh he cut my hair down in um in Baltimore at Hell in the Harbor. One of the top barbers out there and a uh, really cool guy. And uh and Brian, you know, Brian came along and he wanted to support the show. So I'd like to welcome everyone who is interested in that. It's a it's a cool thing. I really like the Patreon and uh I mean we do the the staff picks and like I said, I um, like th this is my second day, oh, like my third day actually, of the summer vacation. So I have six weeks off now, and not a lot planned. I mean, I have unfortunately I have a bunch of plans, but uh, like in general, I have more time, and uh, I I want to like do more shows for the Patreon. And I mean, it was just a staff pick that came out this uh, very Friday. So yesterday we record this on a Saturday. And, uh, yeah, I will talk about one band that I always talk about, and I really want to do, like, a big episode on them. And uh, probably it's finally time to commit to this now that I have some time off, yeah. Well, that, that staff pick that you had, Annabelle's Dream, is like, um, Annabelle's Garden, sorry about that, is, uh, yeah. I'd never heard of them, and apparently uh, that's, I'm, I'm in the majority of people who never heard of the band, they're very obscure, but once you turn me on to them, I've been listening to it. It's part of my daily listening now, and I'm stoked yeah. that you you turned us on to that record. Yeah, the, I'm I'm really glad I could get this out, and that's this was this, this kind of my idea for the staff picks. I mean, um, some of the stuff that you posted were like, oh yeah, that's cool, like classics, like cop like cop should cop, and 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 also replacements and and like stuff. But I wanna like, I wanna bring out some deep cuts that people probably don't know. That's what was my idea. Like when we, I mean, we did episodes on that, and and even like back in the Metal Matters days when we talked about breach and and like the collapse record like stuff that not a lot of people are like knowledgeable about but we like i you and i we think it's worth your time and i think i hit some nurse with a aesthetic that i used as the first staff pick i did and now with annabelle's garden yeah i i am um, it's a good band and more people should know them so if you're not on the patreon and you want to find out Try out the Patreon for a dollar. It doesn't hurt you, and uh, you can even you can't even buy a Lucy in New York for that. So <laughs> like Lucy, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. All right, man. So let's get rolling on this uh, survival songs uh, thing. And uh, Ralph, you want to give us uh, a, the mission statement of this? So what it what it's about? What we're trying to do here? Yeah, yeah. So my idea was, um, like always, we could, I mean, we could branch out into a million records and a thousand songs or like even more um, that like influenced us and that uh, that we love and have some emotional impact on us. But I personally find myself in times of crisis going to like the same music. It's mostly songs that have been with me for a long time. And they're like positive bands. I mean, not a lot, but there's like bands that cheer me up or now, I mean, here it's 110 degrees Fahrenheit today. It's like super hot and it used to be really humid the last weeks. And so, for example, like I have songs when it's summer and I drive in my car in the evening when it's like when the sun goes down. And they're like more positive songs, like bands like Big Country, also like a post-punk band that not a lot of people know. And they give me a good feeling and that's cool. 
but I tend to go to like sad songs when I feel sad because I don't know if it's like a psychological thing. Like, like I feel comforted by them and mostly it's like the lyrics that match up with the melodies that are like, okay, so this is 110% me. And so like, I always go back to them and I even have to say, to be perfectly honest. And I mean, that's been like the, the thing we did with the last, especially with the, the, the uh, metaphysics off, we're like really open, like with our emotions and shit. And um, so like, I, I sometimes I have the urge to trigger me crying when I have the feeling that like, there's some, a balloon in my chest that just keeps on blowing up and like taking away all the breath that I actually have. And I need to burst this bubble and I need to trigger me crying. So for like five or 10 minutes to feel better. And so, like these songs that I will talk about today are these kind of songs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's similar to the way I approach things as well. And um, you know, some some of the tracks I'm going to talk about, if you if you're on the Patreon, um, you'll be familiar with. And I thought, man, I'm talking about the same stuff over and over again sometimes, but um, it would be disingenuous for me not to include two of these songs, even though I talked about it on on like a past Patreon episode, but um. It just I can't not have these on this list if we're going to talk about content like this. So that's why for anyone out there in the general stream, this is not new, not you know this is a new thing for you to hear about. But if you're on the Patreon, you'll you'll be familiar with these some of these tracks. I mean, like we, we, some diehard fan, like diehard everything went black fans. If you can say that, but like some diehards, like the, our brethren in in the Horsemen, and some like people like Lucia or or like people that always listen to these episodes. Like, I, I assume, like when we do an episode like this, they can play bullshit bingo and like write down some several like random things and say like, oh, I have a bingo here because Ralph spoke about New Model Army and like Mike spoke about this or that band. So um, yeah, so some of these might not be surprising, but it's maybe interesting what the story behind it is, why we relate so much to it. That, that's kind of what I was getting at. I think it's like, it's yeah. almost more important, like the personal aspect of it than the actual yes. material itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, you want to go first? All right, I got. Uh, I I think I have four songs, so maybe that evens it up. So I, I go first. Um, okay, so the number one song that kind of like popped into my head talking about this, I will read an excerpt from the lyrics, and you can see if you like can trace. But I know you know the song. Uh, very simple lyrics: sitting target, sitting waiting, anticipating nothing. Life is full of surprises. It advertises nothing. What I'm trying to do, what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to tell you anything you didn't knew when you woke up today. Sitting targets, sitting praying, God is saying nothing. Always knows the prospects, learn to expect nothing. You know the band? Don't do not do this to me, man. <laughs> Depeche, okay, Depeche, Depeche, Depeche Mode, right? Yeah, right. Good. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like... Um, a comfort record to me, I mean, everybody knows that Violator is my favorite record of all times. And I could have chosen World in My Eyes, which is my favorite song of all times. And I could have chosen Policy of Truth. I could have chosen Walking in My Shoes from uh, from um, songs of uh, Faith and Devotion. And, um, 
there's so much stuff. I love this band to the death, but this song "Nothing" is like from to me is connected to the 101 documentary, one of the greatest tour documentaries ever filmed by Anton Corbin. It's a great film. It's a great double life LP, and it's always a, a song that I gravitated to because, to be honest, this is what my life feels like at most points. Like I learned to expect nothing because. In the end, you only get disappointed if you expect things. If you expect things from people, you get disappointed. There's nothing really happening. Like I'm trying to be like the the king of my own destiny in a way, but you know, like there were so many punches to the gut and to the face the last years. It's just like with Audrey passing last year, and I mean, now it's summer holiday. The beginning of last summer holiday was the time when she had like the surgery to, and then I got the announcement that she had cancer and it is like, it's, uh, it's going to be fatal. Um, yeah, that like that, that took away so much from me. So yeah, there's not a lot to expect. So nothing by Depeche Mode. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a heavy song. And, and it's, you know, what's interesting about Depeche Mode is when I was a kid, you know, back in the eighties, it was like, I kind of didn't really take them seriously as like a, uh, a an important band. Uh, to me, they were just like some poppy, you know, like like bubblegum music almost, you know. Mm. But as time went on, like the emotional intensity that they were um, putting in their into their lyrics, you know, and their presentation of the lyrics and the catchiness of the songs, they sort of met and I created a very powerful uh, statement. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I mean, when people, I mean, they, they're just on tour. And I saw them two weeks ago in Dusseldorf, and I will see them again next week, Friday in Frankfurt. And um, they're like one of the biggest bands of all times. I think right now Metallica's touring. They are probably like have the bigger stages and the bigger venues. But it's like closest. In Europe, Depeche Mode is one of the biggest bands in the world. Like for, for us, I mean, they're probably all over the world. But like they play like 60,000 capacity stadiums and fill them. And uh, when you go there and you see like there's a lot of people that are way older than I am. And they look like have regular jobs. And they then they like drink their Prosecco and, 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 and swing their old hips to people or people or, or shit like this. But they have so many, so many deep cuts. It's kind of the same with the cure that people go to a cure show and they clap along to Friday. I'm in love and shit like this. And I stand there and they play uh, 100 years and, and like my, my heart is like combusting, you know, and Depeche Mode has so many dark songs with dark lyrics. So I sometimes wonder how these, I always call them like insurance brokers that go to like a dark wave show, like how, how these people like actually love this band so much. But I think it's a time thing, timing thing from when they were young. But to me, like some of the lyrics that Dave Gahan wrote and Martin Gore wrote, they're so relatable and they're so dark and melancholic. So that's why I always gravitate to this band. Yeah, it's it's I, I have a similar experience with. My, some of my entries that uh, is relatable to the seeing like a what's a kind of a legacy band at, at this point you know that yeah. and their old fans coming out and kind of it's it's an interesting little observation as well yeah so what do you have what's your first entry all right so i'm cheating for the first one because it's actually two songs all right but they have okay. to be played in a very specific order under a very specific content co- context mm-hmm. rather 
So um, when the hard times hit, the number my number one go to is the Rollins Band, you know, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's one of the more powerful things that I reach for when really really intense personal stuff is going on. And you know, as you know, you, you and I are very very close friends, and you know that I've had to I've experienced quite a bit of personal um, obstacles. So this is very recent for me. And if you listen to Patreon, you'll also <laughs> probably know exactly which songs I'm picking. <laughs> so um, this goes back to the classic lineup of the Rollins Band, you know, which is funny to even say that there's a classic lineup. And it's, uh, you know, of course, that's Henry Rollins on vocals, Chris Haskett, guitar, Andrew Weiss on bass, and Sim Kane on, on drums. And the two songs, it's uh, Turned Inside Out and Down and Away, which... We're on the 1989 hard volume studio record, okay? Now, that's the, the formal release that they're on, but the versions that I turn to are the ones that are on Turned On, the live record that came out in 1990. And on hard volume, the track goes, the track listing is Turned Inside Out and then Down and Away, all right? On the live album, it's Down and Away into Turned Inside Out. And if, if you have the CD of this, there's no track, you know, you can't skip through the tracks. You have to listen to the entire set in one monolithic go. But, so I think that's why those two songs in that order was so powerful to me. And mm. I, when very specific hard times arrive, I turn off the lights and I listen to this song, these two songs together and it makes me feel like that I can overcome whatever this thing that's going on and i can know that you know there's other people out there that might be feeling similar emotions or of of you know loneliness and loss and and um you know hardship like that and they're um in down in a way um there's there's like the, there's the lyrics in that song are particularly powerful i mean and that's why that song has to go first because it kind of sets the stage for the second track Mm. And uh, you know the lyrics are. Um, <clears throat> I close my eyes and I look inside. I realize I'm in a bad place. I'm in the last place that I want to be. Okay. And then there's the the chorus, which is the closer you get, the farther away I feel. And that's like, I remember being like a young man and going through a very similar thing, and that grabbed my heart and just squeezed it, you know, to the breaking point because that has been like. You know, um, a recurring issue that's arose in my life of closeness and intimacy and, and being um, able to feel love from somebody, you know, and that this song was like very much like a, a um, you know, uh, an acknowledgement of that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that song does its thing, <laughs> you know, and it's live. So it's like super intense. And, you know, Rollins is like pushing it, you know, as hard as he can through the song. At the end of that song, it goes right into Turned Inside Out. And, you know, we're going to do a playlist of this, so you'll exp- you'll know what I'm talking about, how when Turn uh, Down and Away ends and it slams into Turn Inside Out, it's like the heaviest thing ever. The way that it's a slow, almost swans kind of like vibe to that song, you know, and very just like, it's like if you took swans and... um nothing left inside by black flag and made a song out of it 
it, that's mm, pretty okay, much wow. that's what turned inside yeah. out is like and it's like the lyrics in that are not it's more of just like rollins like riffing you know expressing loss and pain but there is one line in there there in all right there's one line on the proper version of the song and one line in the live version so we're talking about the live version so there's two lines that really grabbed me and um there's a line where it's he's the the lyric goes see see it see it till your eyes blind you and it's like mm. just can't look away you know yeah and then um there's another improv line in that song where he says, I scream love songs to the abyss and it screams back at me. Wow. Yeah. You know, just fucking heavy shit. Yeah. And that, that's the thing like with, with our, like with these favorite bands that you have, like for you, like the, the Rollins band or black flag and there to me, like with some bands and I will mention one of these later, um, there's sometimes there's songs that have like l lyrics that really touch you, but there's like one line, like one sentence that like sticks with you, which is so perfect that it's almost scary. And then you always gravitate to the song. And it's like mostly in one part and one moment. And it's funny, like you said, because like the, the nothing version that I always think about is always the, from the 101 life. I don't even like, I could like from my top of my hat, not say on, I think it's on music for the, no, it's not, nothing is on music for the masses, I think. But like, I always go to the live version of 101 and now you have like the Rollins band because the live version feels so much more uh, authentic in a way. I don't know, but it's like, it hits differently. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and it's, and it, you know, the crazy thing about the Rollins band is that, that they put out so much live material. And it, it almost felt like a fuck you to other bands because of how good they were live. You know, it was almost like, yeah. let's check it out. You guys need to be in a studio. Go fuck yourself. We do this every night like this, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and in some ways, it's funny. I, I always think about the Rollins band as like a blues band, like or in, in the most real spiritual sense. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Like, I'm not talking about, like, some white guy with a pork pie hat, you know, playing blues riffs, you know, playing pentatonic mm. scales. I mean, it's like the real spirit of the blues, I feel like, is alive in those first couple of Rollins band records of just, dude, people, men, women, people going through extremely hard times and expressing it in music, you know? Mm. Yeah, and that's... Uh... That's that's uh, I, I can see this and like I, I I really need to work my way into blues more because yeah, there's yeah. so many bands that I'm into that like are, are based on blues and yeah so yeah Rollins band definitely falls into that realm I can I can see that yeah man uh. so you know that was that's uh you know that's my it's not anything new for some of you guys but that's my thing you know with the Rollins band yeah. I mean, that's uh, to like today with me, like the four songs that I have, three of them are obvious bands and like not obvious choice, but obvious bands. But the fourth one I uh, is, is a special one that I will talk to about in the end. But uh, so my next song is a band that really always comforts me because of their deep, deep lyrical content and their emotional thing. And the song is called Me Took Sodomy by Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's some really really you know that's that's like a go to feel good song for sure. Yeah, <laughs> of course. No, joking aside, it's uh it's again like with with nothing but Depeche Mode, which has uh, a very simple repetitive set of lyrics, not like not a whole lot of lyrics. The next songs also build around just a few sentences. Again, this one I, I I won't put you in the like if you if you know it you can just blurt it out but like if not I'll just say the name but I, I you know that song and the lyrics go, look me in the eye then tell me that I'm satisfied. Oh man, yeah. Am I am I satisfied? Uh, and it goes so slowly on everything I ever wanted. Tell me what's wrong. Look me in the eye and tell me that I'm satisfied. Were you satisfied? Everything goes well. Anything goes all the time. Everything you dream of is right in front of you, and everything is a lie. Yeah, yeah. That the that's replacements. One of the yeah. greatest American songwriters is Paul Westerberg, in my in my opinion, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And they're still such an underrated band. It's it's crazy, right? They're so influential, but still they never got like. I mean, they they. They torpedoed themselves all the time. I mean, we talked about, we did a whole episode on them on Who's Could Do. And like the, if you read like the biography, The Trouble Boys, it's which is one of the best musical biography books I've ever read. Um, it's just crazy how this guy always torpedoed himself into the ground where he could have been, he could have been as big as Tom Petty or uh, maybe not Springsteen, but like definitely like on the level of Tom Petty, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and it's like, it just, it really is. A, is it's a tragedy that that band never became like, like a household name with people. But then again, if you think about it, in my opinion, their weaker material was definitely the major label stuff. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. they, when they, the op opportunity and quality did not meet for that band. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I back their whole catalog, except for maybe the last record, which is too poppy. But uh, Don't Tell a Soul. I mean, that's the story I, I mentioned when, uh, which is like always, replacements will always be connected to you and the Tombs Planks US tour. Sure. Yeah. When we played when we played this this pizza place in normal, Firehose Pizza in normal Illinois. At some <laughs> point we have to, at some point we have to go back there because it's so crazy. And there was this record store that had a huge tape section and I always heard the name replacements and I bought that tape and it, it's like super poppy and and still they have like um, they have such great songs on there but I, then I went and got, went back into their catalog and I found let it be and Tim and it's unbelievable lyrics unbelievable albums all of them yeah that Tim is my favorite record by them definitely you know, it's cool. Yeah, I would. I would yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember that moment, and that was very. You know, that was. I was like, "Cool, you're you're getting into them now. That's awesome." So, oh, so what's okay. your next one? Oh, so my next one. Let me see here. Let me see what my next one is. All right. So my next. It's a, this is also a musical thing. All right. So my next one is uh, Neurosis Locust Star from their 1996 oh. record through Silver and Blood. And, what a um, song! Yeah, I mean, at the time I, I was, you know, back in 1997 or so, when when um when I was really experiencing some personal hardships, um, I didn't know, like, I didn't know that much about Neurosis as far as like their what they were going through personally. I just knew their music, and I knew they were a band that I really liked. And um, 
later I would discover that the band also, in the creation of that record, were going through some really severe, intense, like personal, you know, obstacles. So maybe that's why that record was so heavy and emotionally intense is because the band was experiencing a lot of intensity in their lives. You know, yeah. and of, course, of course, this, you know, this is a classic band. You know, we got Steve Von Till, Scott Kelly, who, you know, people are, you know, might have feelings about that and, you know, they want to cancel the guy and everything. But you got to remember there's a complete band and the guy's output, the musical output, regardless of what you might think about him personally, which may come from a place of just reading articles about somebody and not knowing them as an individual. Um, I still, you know, think he, he's obviously, I think he's an incredible artist as well as the other members of this band, you know, Dave Edwardson, uh, Noah Landis and Jason Roeder. That was the core of this band at the time of the creation of this. Now, when this song, I remember seeing them play in the middle East downstairs back in 97, I hate God was, I talk about this show on several occasions. I hate God played dead and gone played. I had nowhere to live. I was couch surfing. I had like a backpack and I had all my stuff in it. And the rest of the stuff that I had was in my practice space. And I was like how I was living life at that time. And I was, I went to the show. I had a job. I wasn't like, you know, some derelict or something like that, but <laughs> I was just going through that somber, you know, brooding young male experiences that sometimes put you in a place where you have nowhere to live, you know? Yeah. And, um, I went to this show and I was familiar with the record. And when they played this song, it was like this, someone shined a light into this abyss that I'd been living in. You know, it was one of the most like uplifting, powerful experiences watching them perform. And, um, you know, and I was living in this void during that, uh, an emotional void during that period of time. And it was like, you're walking through the, all this darkness and shadows and then some, somewhere in the distance you see a, a glimmer of light. And it was this, this song and I, on that night. And um, the lyric that Dave Ed sings, you know, and the real, you know, Dave Ed is like greatest vocalist, man, in that band. You know, he's the bass yeah. player and he's the guy with the real heavy, yeah. you know, deep vocals. Yeah. What this voice, unbelievable! Yeah, unbelievable voice. Um, have you as an aside, he has a, a great band called Kicker that, that he sings in too. That's a great, great yep. band. But the line goes, The will to power, ascension, ascension manifest. That which is above is as that which is below, that is below is as that which is above, you know. And of course, yep. any, any of you guys out there who are into the occult, you know, you know about as above, so below. You know, which is like, there's a multiple meanings with that, but it all goes back to um, the Emerald Tablet, you know, from uh, yeah. Hermetic Magic or whatever the hell you want to call it. And, um, yeah. you know, that's that that has, and that resonated with me because it's like, it's like the parallels of what happens in the higher world, the higher plane and the lower plane, like the body and the cosmos. And like, mm. they're, the, the systems mirror each other. And, you know, at that Maybe not specifically in that moment when they were playing the song, but that part of the song resonated with me and thinking about my place in the greater world and in the universe and how if I could change what's inside myself, the my, my environment would also change. You know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm yeah. still, you know, 
maybe that was the beginning of like a journey for me to to improve things in my life, which I'm still on. <laughs> you know, year decades <laughs> later, I'm still struggling with things, but like I feel like there has been some improvement, and it really comes down to that this song resonating with me and then embracing these kind of hermetic ideas about like you know transcendence and all that stuff yeah this um it's, it's funny that you'd like i mean i know your love for the band i know that the record that it's on it's like one of your favorites i mean the locust star is like a go-to song for like all the neurosis fans but i have to say um Like a while back when I was bored, I started some, like usually I don't really post like shit on Facebook that I want like let's discuss this or discuss that. But I was bored. I'm like, okay, so what is the heaviest breakdown in a song that you know? Oh, because man. by that time, because by that time I was listening to a lot of Slayer and um, and I really back God hates us all. A lot of oh, people yeah. don't like that record. I oh. love that record. I, I think it's great. And, And they're like the first proper song after Darkness of Christ, the intro is Disciple. Disciple is a, like a monster of a song. And the last 20 seconds of that song is like a breakdown, which is like almost a mosh thing, which even blows away the raining blood mosh thing to me. It's like, it's so heavy. But then I was like thinking about it and people were posting her, their songs. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck am I doing? Nothing will ever be more crushing and heavy then like this break they do like the build up in locust star and then like this this slide the riff they play and then the world oh yeah yeah to power it's so heavy and like whenever i saw them live this was the moment when i like i usually don't bang at shows but i wanted to bang my head against the wall at that part because it's so good yeah i mean it's powerful man that's that's like The whole song i mean that to me that's like the whole song is that part you know i mean not not yeah. like the rest of the songs is not excellent but it, i wait for that part to come up you know yeah oh fantastic i need to put it put on more neurosis and i have to say because you mentioned it um i think no band that ever like had like shit going their way like that had like problems their way like they they have was it last year yeah it was last year right yeah when the whole like shit had i think like usually like bands ca get called out all the time it's like oh yeah you can't listen to them anymore i haven't heard a lot of people like talking about canceling neurosis like everybody was like okay fit, shit that sucks but i think like the the The, the I mean when 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 that bass player of Marduk did like the Zeke Kyle and he got kicked out, people were talking about them way more yeah. than everything that happened with 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 like with Scott Kelly. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know, just to to get really close to inappropriate, uh, talking about something inappropriate, but um, you know, like what Scott? You know, he obviously did something terrible. You know what I mean? Like that's, he's admitted, he's admitted to that in a public way, you know? And, um, yeah. on some level, there has to be like a point where everyone acknowledges the humanity that people have, you know, if everyone, you know, not everyone's perfect. I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to give you anyone, you guys all the details, but like, you know, recently I'm suffering consequences First, I said some terrible things about somebody that I had, that I love a lot, like months ago. And that's coming back to haunt me right now. So I take responsibility for it. But within all of that, there's forgiveness, you know? And I'm not saying, you know, it's not my place to forgive anyone at the, in this stage of my life. But, like, you know, I said some horrible, vile things about someone that I really care about. And, um, 
you know, that has come return to me and I'm dealing with those things right now too and it's it's okay like everything's fine but like it's and I know that is that is dwarfed in comparison maybe to the the issues that that Scott Kelly is dealing with but like you know no one's perfect and everyone has done things that are probably terrible you know and and we have to all be human about it you know not every I'm not certainly I'm not perfect I never purport to be a perfect person I know that I'm flawed deeply you know and that's just like maybe a little bit of that understanding needs to be applied to some of these people you know yeah yeah well time will tell but like i mean you talked about it on necromaniacs as well like with movies with actors that got canceled and like rightfully so like some of them but can't like don't you like can't can't you watch the movies anymore i mean there's like a hundred people involved with that and like these movies are some classics and like this is the ongoing discussion if like oh you have to separate art from artists no you can't this that blah 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 i won't go into that but like you have to like choose for yourself like where you draw the line and and i think like with neurosis a lot of people say like yes it was fucked up what he did it is and he he like he faces consequences but the general body of work that this band did like over the years the 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 magnitude of what they did for this extreme music genre you cannot rule this out because he fucked up and is definitely an like asshole yeah Yeah, you know and that and that's basically what i'm I'm saying that as well too i think that and there's also other guys in the band besides him you know that didn't do anything you know so you know yeah yeah great pick great pick I have like I, I see like I'm such a wimp. I only have like emo songs. Like I don't even have heavy songs. Like I have like I, I wrote down like two. Yeah, I, got, I have I have some less heavy stuff in here too. But yeah, go go, well, then go ahead, man. Yeah, I have, I wrote down like like several albums like because I wanted to ask you what you listen to when you get aggressive, like when you get angry. Because I have some like Lion Tamer records that like calm me down because like they're so aggressive that i get like cooled down but we can probably talk about this if we have more time but yeah like um i need to put in like one of the obvious choices so i have to include a new model army song sure because new new model army is my favorite band in the world so for all you bullshit bingo players you can check one box um I have to think about like okay which song would i choose like because there's so much stuff that i go to um, the first thing, like, that's what I mentioned earlier. There's like one line in one song, which isn't particularly like an emo song, but it has like one line that goes the daylight hours pass, like the people I have lost. It's such a strong sentence. Um, and this is probably my favorite, like lyrical sentence that he did, but like not my favorite song. Then there's a hundred more songs and maybe as a, as a backdrop to it, uh, we spoke about comic books in the beginning. And right. I remember like when I was um, 15, 14 or 15, and I discovered uh, New Model Army was the same time that at like a train station newspaper stand, I bought Spawn uh, Volume 1, like the very first Spawn comic book that came out back then. Nice. And I've been a comic book fan when I was a kid, like a lot of Spider-Man and the Avengers and shit. And like Spawn triggered me going back into the comic books. And then I completely fell into this like rabbit hole of image comics and uh, Top Cow and this like the darkness and witchcraft and these kind of comics that came out back then. And Spawn was like a thing. 
And I remember that I went to Mannheim um, and they had like a record store that is still around, um, but I can't come up with the name right. What's the name? Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. But they have like used DVDs and Blu-rays. I always bought like uh, like uh, um, R-rated DVDs there. I, they had like vinyl, they had CDs and comic books and books and shit. And I remember going there, buying the history, uh, the New Model Army best of they released like after their first 15 years on CD. And I bought the Spawn Wildcats crossover paper bag. Oh, nice, dude. And, good one. Yeah. And I remember like sitting, like I was living in, in the house with my parents under the roof and it was raining. I was listening to this compilation reading this these books and like at that moment i remember that was like when my love for new model army got fully triggered and the love for comic books and this place i always think about this secure space back then because life was already shitty and i was a fat loner and but like things were easy compared to what things are now you know i was like i was a kid my parents provided everything i had to like suffer the consequence of eating too much and not being popular because i didn't drink i didn't like didn't smoke weed or anything so i was sitting at home reading comic books and listening to new model army over and over again and the the first proper new record of New Model Army that came out when I was already a fan was 1998 Strange Brotherhood. It's the first record where the diehard fans said it, they were falling off a bit. I mean, the actual diehard fans, they love all the records like I do. But people say like this was a record that was weaker than their earlier stuff. I loved it nonetheless. And there's one song on there called Aimless Desire. And it, it, it suits this unsatisfied and nothing thing with Depeche Mode and replacements. And uh, he sings a lot about like work-related stuff and uh, like being stuck in a place that you don't want to be. And the lyrics, like the first, the first, uh, first verse is, I was quitting shift on the six o'clock, quiet in the pale dawn, found a bird caught in the machinery, set it free and watched it go, quit the job that very day and flew into the sky. Just following after this aimless desire, this worthless desire, this awful desire. And then the second verse, and you might like remember it, goes, now, now I've found causes and I've found families. Yep. Nothing ever lasts. I've known people I'd die for if only they had asked. Where I'm from is not my home and neither's where I'm bound. Just following after this aimless desire, this awful desire, this worthless desire. And this song is my safe space. Like I find myself going back to this album and this song all the time when I feel bad. Oh. Yeah, I remember you shared that with me, and I would. And I mean, I because of you, I'm familiar with New Model Army. They were a band that, that yeah. slipped through the cracks over the years, but you you put me on the path to listening to them. And I'm, I'm appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, like, this is the, this is my safe net, you know, like, as much as I love Depeche Mode, I love The Cure, and there's so many bands that I consider, like, actual favorites, but I mentioned it a hundred times, there's no, for, to me, there's no more authentic band than New Model Army, not a band with more songs that actually, the way I feel like they understand me. I was lucky enough to play a show with them with Ropes of Night last year, talk to Justin Sullivan to actually tell him thank you 
for like what it means to me. And he was so humble and so generous, like talking to that. And he gave me a hug in the end, which was like one of the greatest things ever. And yeah, so like this song, this band, this is my ultimate safe safety net. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, that that's a great song. Yeah. So, oh, All right, you're um, the next one. So now, now things are going to take a little bit of a turn. Um, you know, we, you mentioned how um, you know the, the lack of uh, heaviness in your um, your selections. So now we're we're changing it up a little bit here with this next one, and uh, this one is also a Depeche Mode song. And, oh, uh, okay. I'm... You know, and I'm, I'm going to be a, you know a, a basic dude <laughs> with this one because this is a song everyone loves. But I, you know, it's I can't deny that this is like a go to for me, and it's. Uh, you know, feel the silence. You know, that's like one of the odes to being alone, you know? Yes, yeah. You know, and, and uh, through many times of darkness and loneliness, I go to this track because um, the character in that song, you know, oftentimes I feel like is one and the same with me, you know? And, and mm. there's like, uh, you know, the the line where, you know, this is everyone will know this line where it's like, all I ever wanted, all I ever needed is here in my arms. Words are so very unnecessary. They can only do harm. You know? And I mean, yeah. I, everyone knows this song. I'm not d dropping knowledge on anybody with this, but the reality is this song really fucking hits me hard, man. And, and um, you know, it's just, I imagine myself being that guy alone on the top of a mountain on his own, on his throne of nothing you know, observing mm -hmm. this like desolate field before him and really just being alone, you know? Yeah. And, and in some ways it being a comfort because there's no one there and there's no one there for you to hurt and mm -hmm. damage. And there's also nobody there to hurt and damage you as well. And I know, you know, that's, that's like a period that I know I've, I've felt solace in at times of just being by myself, you know? It's, um, I mean, yeah, De Depeche Mode, Violator, I mentioned it before, it's my favorite record of all times. It, out, like, it outshines everything that Numeral Army did as much as I love them, but this record from front to back is perfection comes to the artwork, the Corbin, like Anton Corbin videos. And I have to say that this song became their, like, probably their biggest hit like some people would say probably personal Jesus, but I think enjoy the silence is the bigger track. And this video, this song, the lyrics, it's, per it's perfection. It's really like the, not the, I mean, we're like both generation MTV, you know, yeah, definitely, like yeah. I probably like, and so we, we've seen great music videos and, I like this time back in the like the late 80s early 90s there were so many iconic music videos because people had like the record companies invested a ton of money great concepts I always love to go back to watch Jeremy by Pearl Jam which is a fantastic video to like so fitting to the song but like the enjoy the silence video yeah like this image of him as a king sitting in this folding chair on top of the icy mountain and it's it's perfect and what i love and i think a lot of people don't know this because I, I the song everybody will know the song but they probably and that's a funny thing because we have this now with spotify again the radio edit thing so right, yep. if you 
if you listen to the song on the record, the song is, I think, 3.30, no, 3.80 or like four minutes long. But there's an epilogue of around like three and a half minutes of like an ambient thing, which suits so well to like how silence sometimes works in your brain when you're alone and you start hearing these noises when you're alone. And that's absolute perfection. I'm going to take an L on uh, fucking up the title of the song when I announce it. So I'm going to preemptively state that I, uh, you know, I acknowledge I call, I use the, I should have been looking at my notes when I said this. <laughs> so I'm taking the L in advance. So don't flame me too much when you guys listen to this. So yeah, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, like we, we don't interact on Twitter and our listeners are not wrestling fans. So <laughs> if you like if you had like a botch like this on, on, on Twitter when it comes to wrestling, you would already have like 6,000 dislikes and comments saying you should die and go hang yourself. You know? Go hang myself because I got the name <laughs> wrong. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Per- per- perfect song. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I want to do one more. Yeah. Like, I, I think you have you have three, right? I have four. So um, I'll yeah, do one more. I, I got some other non-music. So I have some like writing stuff. Too. All right. Yeah, but, yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, a band which is not as obvious as uh, Depeche Mode, Replacements, and New Mal Army is a band called the Blackheart Procession. Yes. Yeah. Um, their body of work is also like completely obsessed with darkness and melancholy in some of the most beautiful, again, bluesish, almost like pop songs, very dramatic, great lyricist, great vocalist. He even plays a saw on like some of the songs, like an actual saw that he bends. And I saw him on stage when they played their last tour. Um, a band that I absolutely love. And um, this is from album, which just is titled two, like the number two, it's from 1999. The song is called a light so dim. And it's, it's a fantastic, dark brooding song. And I would like to read out some of the lyrics to it. Yeah. There are no trains that leave from the maze. My only chance was a ship to escape. If you are the lighthouse in the storm, I'll be the ship with a thousand dead souls. How long will they believe in the light so dim? Down in the gallows, the darkness glows. I was hard to see in the hearts of them. If you see a light call down below, I'll be moving and sorting out our fears. It's these lyrics. This guy is so incredibly talented. And yeah, the Blackheart like Blackheart Possession is an outstanding band that more people should know about. Oh, I love them. I've seen them a number of times over the years, and some of their material actually almost made it on this thing. But um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah there is like uh, you know Blue Tears, uh, Try to Forget, oh, you, uh, Try to Forget You are like go tos, yeah. you know, and like like that's you know like some of their material has definitely helped me out through really dark periods, you know. I've always felt in some ways that if you read through the lyrics, it, there's almost like a Legati like vibe to some of the guys. Yes. writing. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to talk to that dude. I, I know people, we have people that we know in common in San Diego and someday I'd like to meet that dude and talk to him about that. I'm, I'm sure he's a great storyteller as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you know his other band, Three Mile Pilot? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm a fan of that whole, there's like, Pin, pin back three mile pilot um black heart procession there's that whole like little scene of like san diego bands that are yeah 
incredible to me. And um, the uh, the bass player from uh, Jay June is friends with them. And um, okay, yeah, I haven't talked to her in like I don't know, like fifteen years probably. But mm. but uh, we were we were like you know pretty pretty friendly for a while. And um, she's actually in the video for. Have you ever seen that DVD of the Tropic of of Love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. She's in that, and I think she sings on some of the oh, okay. songs. Yeah. So, um, I um, I have like an in, I think, a little bit with that that crew of people, but who knows if any of these people even talk to each other anymore? You know. Yeah, I, that's like there's not like the um, um, through my pilot toured some years ago, which was so under the radar. They played like really small clubs. Um, Last time I Blackout Procession toured here, they played at Gebäude 9, where we had the Unholy Passion Fest. That's the only time I saw them, and, like, the last time they toured here. Um, I don't know, like, what the status is, if they're, like, still friends, if there's, like, still just, like, an hiatus. I would love to ha- hear more of their material. Like, all the records, even the last one, Six, I think, was the last one, yeah. which was great. But, uh, like, the first two, especially, like, uh, Release My Heart on number one and The Light So Dim on number two are absolute, like, safety nets for me. Yeah, yeah I'm going to try to try to find a way to get in touch with that guy because that when you read those lines, I'm like, yeah, this dude. I've always thought that his material almost seems like Legati, like poetry. Dude, you need to track him down and have like a podcast with him and talk about like his lyricism and maybe like influences he has. I'm sure he has like some of the authors that we're into. He likes them too. Yeah. So, so I'm up. Yeah. Right? Okay. So yeah. uh, I got some. I have some poetry on here. Some writing that um that I go to and um you know as a young man I think most of us you know I'm not a young man anymore but like when I was a young man and I think this is common for young men. They find Charles Bukowski and John Fonte and maybe some early Ernest Hemingway as in their in their as something to relate to in their life experiences. You know, specifically for me, um, the Hemingway canon is the Nick Adams stories that they're short, but they also chronicle the life of Nick Adams during different parts of his life. You know, and periods of heartbreak, loneliness, you know, desolation, that sort of thing. Um, Bukowski is a, a a lot of things to people. Um, you know, to some people they consider him this horrible misogynist. <laughs> you know, mm. um, but I also consider him to be somebody who is misunderstood largely. Um, and I see him as a disciple of Ernest Hemingway, as, in, as far as his the terse nature of his writing, his syntax and his technique are in line with you know Ernest Hemingway, John Fonte, like people like that. Um, his poetry has been very impactful on me during these because you you can if you're feeling bad you can pick them up and read it and it makes you feel not better maybe but like like you can get through the next couple of hours you know and um, Bukowski had a love of his life and her name was Jane Clooney Baker okay and he wrote a number of poems about her after she passed away and um. The obvious one for, and I'm going to read this poem, so you guys are going to have to deal with it right now. And um, it's just, it's a poem called For Jane, and it goes like this. 225 days under grass, and you know more than I. They have long taken away your blood. You are dry stick in a basket. Is this how it works? In this room, the hours of love 
still make shadows. When you left, you took almost everything. I kneel in the nights before tigers that will not let me be. What you were will not happen again. The tigers have found me, and I do not care. So, you know, obviously, uh, Bukowski had feelings <laughs> and wasn't some horrible cad out there who just hurt people around him, you know? And, and that's like, um, you know, like a song to someone he loved and who, who led, he struggled with that loss, you know? And, and um, yeah. you know, just a powerful poem. And I, you know, some of you know me personally out there, you know, the things that I've had to deal with over the last couple of years. And, and this, this volume of, of poetry really helped me get through a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that's uh that's a powerful poem. And I mean I know I know I know why it hits so hard and uh incredible. Yeah, it's like I don't know, like Bukowski seems such an American thing, you know, like yeah. so many Americans are into him and he he's not really well known here. And I have to say I've never read like a lot of like really read into his stuff and I really need to dig in, I think. I missed out, yeah. I mean, I think his poetry is fantastic, actually. I mean, I think, you know, he, on a technical level, too, I think it's brilliant, you know. And, and, and also, like, his short stories are awesome, too. I mean, I just his writing is good. It's simple. It has, like, mm. this kind of populist, like, everyman vibe to it. You know, it's definitely yeah. an exploration of, like, the low life in society. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. But, you know, he's very hard on women, you know, which is, you know, they people use that as a knock against him. But... Mm. yeah yeah it's uh um the uh the power of words it's like you know it's it's sometimes people write the most difficult complex things to express their emotions but some of the sentences in this poem i just like googled it and looked it up it's just it's so simple and so effective and that's like like i said with like depression mode and, and replacements or bands like damnation ad it's like one of these bands and probably like if we do like a second part, I'll speak about them. It's just like when these lyrics are simple and relatable, they hit harder, I think. Uh, yeah, because like you're, you're reading that. And you're like, why didn't I think to say that? You know, it's like, yes, you know, it's yeah. like very much like this, this simple, the simplicity of it is what really hits hard. And the, the whole concept, the image of the tigers at the end, like, you know, like, man, like when I was going through that stuff, it was like, I just remember feeling like. I wasn't alone. I, there was these beasts waiting mm. in the darkness to like tear me apart when I was alone. When I was finally, I let my guard down and I would like go lay down in bed and these like monsters were waiting for me to tear me to pieces, you know, and I couldn't defend mm. myself against it because it was just this endless miasma of grief that I was dealing with, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a that's a great way to end this episode. <laughs> oh, I God, think once that, again, it, it it doesn't it doesn't get any heavier than this, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Just real quick, so it, we could talk about something good instead of ending yeah, on yeah. this. Like, sorry about my voice being hoarse. I was at a rock and roll show last night with with uh, Evan. Evan and I. He's up here for the Emperor Weekend, you know, which is a big heavy metal weekend here. And um, we went to go see uh, Mares of Thrace, who you guys might be familiar with, who Therese was a um, guest on the podcast several months ago, maybe last year, I think. Or, man, it was earlier this year. And uh, they're on tour, and they're out there uh, tearing up the United States. And um, we went to go see them play out this place called TVI in Queens. And um, 
another friend's band joined them, uh, Austerity Program, who are a fantastic uh, band. Um, if you're into like industrial music and things, the, the output of Steve Albini, like that's definitely the kind of thing that you should check out. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds, uh, sounds like a good show. I mean, Mass of Thrace, I haven't heard about them until I listened to the episode that you did and then I dug in and that's a fucking great band. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was great to, you know, Therese, I met her when she played in Ken Mode like years ago. And, uh, mm. you know, her and Jesse, you know, we're, we're a couple too. And mm. um, she's really cool, man, really talented. I mean, if, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that episode I did with her, she's like an incredible artist and just like an all-around interesting person and really sweet and one of the good people out there. And, um, you know, a fan of like, you know, dark fantasy and weird fiction and just a cool lady, you know, and I just think she's mm. awesome, so... Yeah, sounds sounds like a cool girl. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I yeah, think I mean, we should. Uh, so, okay, no, go ahead. What are you gonna say? Sorry. Uh, um, I think like uh, first of all, I think this re went really well. I hope everybody out there enjoyed it as well. And um, of course, like always, we appreciate you commenting. Drop us a line in the comments, like what you think. If you have special songs that are like your safe space. Um, if you like this, let us know. We might do like a second round. I think there's more songs that we can talk about. Oh, definitely. But but like but like right now when you when you like quoted the poem and I was thinking about like okay, so probably the the author that I would go to is like Edgar Allan Poe sure. because it's again like one of these things and he speaks about a lot of stuff that I'm into. Um but we could do like an offshoot of this with like survival shows or wow. like survival songs, the the movie and show edition, because uh, a certain someone who's really important in my life, who's probably listening right now, she's she's she claims that she never watches things twice, <laughs> except for Mad Max Fury Road, and. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I uh, and I'm I'm the person that like when I have like a right of uh of like okay i come home from work and everything sucks i know like i need to order pizza from this special pizza pizza place get like uh, a liter of uh, like coke zero and then watch a certain movie or certain movies or dig into certain shows to feel better so we could talk about stuff like this like movies and shows that we go back to like to feel better if we feel bad yeah wow definitely dude yeah, that, that, I think this would be a good thing to get back to, and maybe even have more writing stuff on there, and you know things like that. Yes, yep, absolutely. Cause, cause when I mentioned the Nick Adams stories, I was like, "Damn, I, I, I could do a whole episode on Nick Adams," <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I have like certain like writings that I would like also include, but I need to prepare myself better to for this. But I think it was a cool first first run for survival songs, and as I said, like, let us know what you think. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and um, we'll talk to you next week. Take care.
soir.